everyone, and welcome to The Standard Protocol. I'm your host, Matt Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 17. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on Apple, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever it is that you found us. We've seen an uptick in subscribers on all of those platforms. Uh, we're you know reaching the thousands of, of plays now on, on certain platforms. So uh, we're getting to a much broader audience than I thought we'd be getting to this early on, but we are uh, expanding rapidly, and that's good news. That gives us the ability to, to keep moving forward. We know we found a, a base out there. Uh, our top listening city right now, oddly enough, is New York City, um, followed by several cities in the Midwest. So we're glad to reach the East Coast out there. Hopefully, those of you that are joining us from NYC, uh, you are enjoying some of the material, and you're, you're finding that there's some helpful dialogue here uh, to get you through your daily struggles. Uh, now, going back to episodes 15 and 16, if you haven't been caught up on those yet or if you haven't listened, please take a moment to go back and dive into those two, 15 especially, because that was kind of the one where we uh, hit uh, the, the realism of working in a toxic environment and um, you know what it's like to exit that and, and to have to move on to bigger and better things. And many of you are in the same boat and are feeling the same things, the overwhelming Overwhelming uh, number of correspondences that I've gotten, both uh, on the standard protocol inbox as well as uh, text messages, phone calls over the past few weeks. I'm still getting them on a daily basis. In fact, I had another one come in just this morning. Uh, somebody that uh, understands fully uh, what many of us are going through and the struggles at hand, and how do you break that cycle of systemic. Uh, toxicity, for lack of a better term, in these work environments. And when you see the promotions that are uh, taking place in many of these organizations, it just it just inherently reinforces that some of our organizations are going to be operating this way for years and years to come. So how do we weather that storm? And really, the reality of it is we have to weather it together because we're, we're all in the same boat, even though we think that uh, sometimes we're alone. We feel alone. We feel siloed. Uh, you're not out there. You're not alone fighting this battle yourself. It's, it's all of us. So uh, just wanted to mention the uh, standard protocol email inbox is standard protocol podcast at gmail.com, standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. And again, we thank you for all of the correspondences. Everything has been 100% positive over the last couple of weeks. I haven't had anyone reach out uh, with any negativity and uh, that either means we're doing it right or the people that uh, hate the show just aren't taking time to write in. It's one of the other. So uh, I like to think that we're reaching people in a positive manner and we're bringing these things to the surface that have long been needed, uh, have long been in need of some discussion, we'll say. And whether or not we can affect change remains to be seen. But just getting the awareness out there and talking about some of the things that our young people in the professional workforce are going through, um, you know, there's not too many platforms out there that are willing to take on some of the things that we are. So in that sense, I like to think that we're uh, setting ourselves up for progress and that uh, we're going to be making some forward movement with all of you uh, here in the near future. So with that, I wanted to uh, roll into my first topic and here we go.
So topic number one for the day, uh, because this is uh, one thing that we've received a lot of email and a lot of correspondence over, uh, is just the overall workplace harassment, bullying, toxic work culture environment. And I know this is the third episode in a row that we've talked about this, but it's become such a big issue because so many people are reaching out saying, yes, I've experienced that. I witnessed a coworker experience that, and I've lost all respect and all trust for my management because of it. And how do you overcome that? Because once that trust is gone, it's very difficult to get back. And when you see people treated the way that they are in uh, many of these workplaces, um, whether it's private sector, public sector, etc., um, you see the detrimental effect that that has, not only on the individual going through it, but just the overall workforce in general, because everybody starts running scared. They keep their head down. They're doing the bare minimum to get by. They're not thinking outside the box to come up with any uh, solutions to problems because they just don't want to have to deal with the management. And so if there is a problem, it's either not getting solved or it's not getting addressed because nobody feels comfortable enough to go to their bosses with those issues and to try to resolve them. Um, but to back up, some of the resources that are available, if you are uh, beca- you know, if you are in a hostile work environment or you experience that workplace harassment and that bullying, there's a couple of things you should check out here. Uh, number one is a nonprofit called WorkplaceBullying.org. Uh, and if you go to that website, they have some great uh, statistics here. Uh, they define uh, workplace uh, bullying as repeated health harming mistreatment by one or more employees of an employer, abusive conduct that takes place in the form of verbal abuse or behaviors perceived as threatening, intimidating, or humiliating, work sabotage, and in some combina- some cases, a combination of the above. And so um, workplacebullying.org has all of this stuff outlined. Uh, they have some quick statistics here that I'll go through. 30% of adult Americans are bullied at work. That's, you know, 30%, that's three in every 10 uh, that are that are either currently or have been bullied. That's a tremendous percentage, uh, in my opinion. 76.3 million workers are affected. 61.3% of bullying is same-gender bullying. So these are male-on-male, female-on-female. Uh, and then 43% of remote workers are bullied. And that number kind of blew me away because if you're working from home and yet you're still being bullied, if your employer is taking the time to bully you, uh, via, you know, zoom messages and, and things, you know, zoom conference calls and things like that, then you really truly have a toxic work environment there. I mean, that's taking it to a whole new level. So those numbers for me were kind of eye opening, but there is a good, uh, a, a good good base of information there on workplacebullying.org that uh, you should check out to kind of see what your options are and whether or not you fit into these categories. Now, the other area that I'll point you to is the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, uh, which is at eeoc.gov backslash harassment. 
and they have uh, harassment outlined, um, you know, as it's defined in the Civil Rights Act of 64. And it, you know, basically is based, or harassment can be based on race, color, religion, sex, including sexual orientation, gender identity, or pregnancy. And uh, age 40, as far as those uh, age discrimination cases, anybody 40 and above is a protected class. So uh, these these types of things are good to know uh, because you know that, uh, you know, if you're experiencing these things, you look at all of the uh, parameters that have been put in place for these employers to have to follow. It's because workplace harassment and workplace bullying and hostile work environments are, are such a tremendous phenomenon across the state that, uh, or across the country, rather, that uh, it, it warrants, uh, you know, all of these protections and, and, and employees are, are victimized by this stuff routinely. And so that's why there's all this stuff in place to try to combat that. So um, please, if you're in that situation, reach out to those websites, either workplacebullying.org or uh, the eeoc.gov website and uh, study up on those things, figure out what your options are. Um, there's always... Uh, great labor attorneys out there that deal with this stuff frequently. There's, I know there's a number just in my area here that only take these cases because they're, they're so overwhelmed with their caseload that this is really all the, the time that they have to, to, you know, to work on. Um, th- there's so much of this going around and it's not just in the private sector. It's in the public sector. It is everywhere. And you would think that in, uh, organizations that are, you know, uh, run by, you know, women or minorities that the numbers are different. Um, they really aren't the, the numbers are all over the board. There really is no one common denominator that you can point to and say, this is the cause. It just ultimately is called culture that has been allowed to exist in many of our workplaces out there. And um, until people start, until, until standing up for yourself becomes the norm, these cultures are going to continue to exist. And, and I know uh, firsthand, I know as well as anybody that it is extremely difficult to go out and get an attorney and, and pay the retainer fees so that you can stand up for yourself and that you can throw that uh, red flag every time they, they um, try to do something that's retaliatory or harassing towards you. Uh, but at the end of the day, you've got to do it to protect yourself and to isolate yourself from uh, further abuse. Otherwise, you're just going to come in. You're going to endure it every day. It's going to take its toll on you mentally and physically. And it's probably at some point going to rub off in your personal life as well and affect things at home. So these are really, uh, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to uh, lay down the parameters. And if you feel like you're being harassed or like you're being bullied in the workplace, you have got to get out ahead of that because it is going to have some catastrophic effects. And again, like I talked last week, most of us don't have the ability, uh, once things get uncomfortable at work to just pack up and go somewhere else. A lot of us are locked into our employers for years, whether it's by pension plans, whether it's, uh, just because of our certain skill sets, we don't necessarily have the ability to jump ship or, or, or the education to uh, just slide into another gig and learn a whole new trait. Uh, most of us are pretty specialized in what we do, and therefore we have to st- 
stick with employers that can um, can accommodate what our our skill sets and our backgrounds are. And so it can be very difficult to get yourself out of a bad environment should you find yourself in one. So uh, again, by all means, look out. Uh, to, uh, look look out to some of these resources, find out where you stand, and um, don't be afraid to fight for yourself. Don't be afraid to speak up. If you see the treatment going on towards your coworkers or towards other people, again, that affects the whole team. It's not just that one individual. It breaks trust between leadership and all of the frontline employees. And so you have got to speak up when you say these things, as uncomfortable as that may be. Um, it really is the right thing to do. And it really is what we need to do for each other in these times. So we've talked a little bit about what resources are out there for the employees, but as an employer, if you find yourself in a leadership role and you are, um, you know, concerned or you're hearing complaints from your employees that they may not feel as comfortable at work as they should be, uh, there's a couple things that, you know, that I would recommend. Um, and um, again, this is just uh, things that I've come up with based on my online research of workplace harassment and toxic, toxic work environments. Um, open channels of communication in work communities about harassment and actionable steps that can be taken now to make places of employment more respectful for all. Uh, create a forum for people to demonstrate solidarity and elevate awareness to create a sense of urgency and a call to action and develop some effective training tools and policies and other resources for organizations to implement to establish a frame, a framework for behavioral change. And, uh, those, those are some of the things that I actually pulled off of, uh, project when, which is workplace harassment ends now. Um, those are things that, that it, it's not that hard to do. And it's not very, if you're a small business and, and your, you know, your bottom line is, is thin right now with all the, uh, you know, economical issues that we're facing. Uh, these are things that you can do in house. Just open up the, open up the, the table for discussion on these matters, engage in dialogue with your workforce and find out what it is that is, uh, making them feel uncomfortable or, or if they just don't come to work and don't feel as fulfilled every day and as comfortable as they should be, um, engage in that dialogue with them and find out why. And maybe there are things, little things you can implement as far as change goes that aren't very, um, cost or, or money intensive. Uh, there are things that changes that can be made that will simply, um, you know, just kind of tweak the environment so that, uh, people feel a little bit more comfortable coming in every day. And sometimes just developing those relationships and having those conversations is all it takes. That can be worth a lot in and of itself. So, um, you know, establish, you know, actionable sets of criteria for uh, your organization to adopt and administer and just uh, try to develop that overall harassment free work environment. Um, I talk about this a lot because it is what I came from recently. But again, going back to what I what I discussed and what I touched on last episode, um, you know, I, I consider myself a subject matter expert in this because by and large, I've been bullied in different environments my entire life. And so, you know, whether I'm 40 years old and, um, you know, being railroaded out from my, my employer of 15 years or, you know, back when I was nine years old, you know, uh, you know, 
taken a good ass whooping on the playground. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've, uh, my life always comes back to this particular topic and, and how do I make myself lesser of a target and how do I feel comfortable wherever I go, whether it's work, whether it's home, whether it's, um, you know, just any environment that I find myself in in my life. How do I find how do I get myself back to a point to where I'm comfortable in my own skin? And, you know, some of that comes through the mental pro- mental health issues that we talked about in, in previous episodes, working through those and getting the help that you need and speaking to a licensed therapist or counselor, uh, you know, medications for anxiety and depression and things that bullying tends to trigger in most of us. Um, a lot of a lot of those things are really necessary to overcome how you're feeling every day when you go to work. So um, it's unfortunate that any of us are subjected to that in our workplace or in our environment. But the reality of it is that a lot of us are. And so there's no shame in reaching out and seeking those resources and seeking that help uh, so that you can get yourself back on track and continue to move forward in life. And again, the, the more productive you are uh, in your professional life, um, you know, the the least likely it is to, uh, you know, have those work problems that bleed over into your home life and affect things at home as well. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you, you need to take a step back every now and then from your professional life and focus a little bit more on your family life. And once you find that balance, you may find that those, te- those problems tend to iron themselves out. You're not as consumed by the problems at work when you're focused a little bit more on what's going on at home and your families and your loved ones around you. So uh, there can be um, a sense of ease uh, when you tend to step back a little bit from work and realize that your job is not necessarily your identity. And I, you know, for years, uh, the position that I was in, I treated that as my identity. And it really was, you know, I identified as that person in that title, in that role. And, you know, now that I've been away from it for a while, um, it's kind of nice to not have to, you know, to be able to identify as more than, than just a job or more than just a career. Um, you know, I, I identify, uh, as a father more now, I identify as, uh, somebody that, uh, is, you know, here for their, their children more and, and their family and, and, um, just, uh, freeing up some time to have more conversations with loved ones that I haven't spoken to as much uh, over recent years because I've been so busy. So um, there, you know, you get to a point to where you just have to disengage a little bit, and you have to do what's best for yourself when you're feeling. Um, you're feeling that uneasiness at, at work every day. Um, you, you, you have to find ways, you know, I I've had, I've had runs where everything was firing on all cylinders at work, but things were a little bit rocky at home. And, and now I feel like I'm at a point where, you know, I, I feel much more at ease with my professional life. And now, uh, things, things like things at home are coming together a little bit better than, than they have in the past. So, um, just that work-life balance is huge. You've got to find ways to, uh, set that baggage down at the end of the day. Our jobs are all stressful. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're, you know, if you're, uh, hauling trash for a living, or if you're a surgeon, or if you're a, a law enforcement professional where you're dealing with critical, 
critical incidents on a routine basis. Um, there, there's, there's so much weight that we carry um, just because of what we do and the the obligations that we have financially and, and to keep our incomes uh, coming in so that we can meet all of those obligations. There's a lot of weight that we carry around and a lot of baggage. And sometimes you just got to set that baggage down and just be a normal human being for a while. And it's amazing how much better you'll feel at the end of the day when that happens. So I'm not saying go out and quit your job. I'm just saying uh, find a way to really hone in on that work-life balance. And uh, if you would have asked me about this five years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Uh, you know, it's 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 possible to uh, you know balance all this stuff when it even when it's as lopsided as my career used to be. Um, but I I will tell you now, having gone through the last couple of years and seeing how things have played out. Um, I should have really honed in on that balance much sooner than I did. So uh, for what it's worth, uh, if you're experiencing issues with your either your mental health or your personal relationships or whatever because of your job, you got to take a step back and you've got to uh, realize that it's okay to go hard for a while and it's okay to be all about your career in the beginning to get it off the ground and to get it going. But at the end of the day, at some point, you've got to start to set that stuff down and at some point, you've got to really focus in on your personal personal relationships and your personal life because, uh, you know, somebody told me years ago, don't fall in love with your company or your organization because that company or that organization is not capable of loving you back. And there is so much truth to that. I didn't really understand it at the time, but now that I look back, it hits home uh, probably more so than anything I've heard recently uh, because... All of our organizations, whether they're companies, whether they're public sector jobs, they've all been in existence long before we were we were here, and they will be in existence long after we're gone. And so no company, no corporation is about one person. Uh, once you step away, somebody else will step up and fill your role, and everything continues to move like clockwork. And so nothing that we do is about just us. It's about uh, it's about the organization as a whole, and so when one person steps down, if you're that person that's let it, letting it ruin your life because you feel that you are so key to that organization that it can't function without you, uh, unfortunately, I've got bad news for you. That organization will continue to function long after you're gone. So. Please uh, find that work-life balance, get things squared away at home, uh, make sure you've got one thing in check. Uh, I will tell you, I you know things in my life fell apart uh, at about the same time, my professional life as well as my personal life. Uh, and, um, that was very difficult to go through, uh, not having one, either of those pillars there to lean on. Um, oftentimes when people, uh, things start to fall apart at work, they lean on folks around them at home to get them through those tough times or vice versa. If things are falling apart at, at home, uh, they lean on their colleagues at work, uh, with me, both, both ends of that kind of imploded at the same time. So, uh, it was very difficult to overcome. So I don't want to see any of you in that boat. Uh, but we're always here to field your questions. We're always here to discuss your concerns. Standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. Standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. That is the email inbox. 
shoot us a message and we will be more than happy to read those on the air. Uh, quite frankly, I've gotten so many over the last couple weeks, I can't get to every one of them on the air. Um, however, I will touch on a few of these. Uh, we did have somebody write in who experienced uh, one of their coworkers being bullied and harassed by their boss. And uh, that person wa was able to kind of reiterate how uh, seeing that one individual, what they went through uh, at the hands of their supervisor, or their boss, how that uh, basically uh, demolished all trust and respect from uh, the this individual's peers around them for the management and the leadership. And now there's a distrust there and, and things are just not comfortable every day for the entire team. And that's unfortunate to see that because of how uh, one person in a leadership, leadership role chose to treat uh, one of the frontline employees. So uh, it's amazing how uh, those frontline workers, they will band together when, when one person gets messed with, they all take it personally personally as they should because you know that that's how a team environment works you mess with one of us you mess with us all and um it's amazing how those things can be detrimental uh, to an entire workforce when one person goes through it. So again, if you're seeing that, speak up, say something, um, make your voice known that it won't be tolerated. And the more the quickly the the, the more quickly that those uh, those types of conversations become open and welcome in the environment, uh, the the better the chances are that we will be able to resolve some of these workplace harassment situations. So uh, with that, again, uh, shoot us your, your questions, comments, concerns, standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. We will read those on the air. And for now, we will move on to the next topic. Okay. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on today, uh, we talk a lot about the negative environments and because that's what a lot of us are dealing with. And that's uh, a lot of the correspondence that I've gotten has, has addressed those negative work environments. But I'd like to key in on some of the positive work environments. And what what have uh, those of you out there that that are, have had a long relationship with your companies or your, your uh, place of employment, um, how, you know, uh, how have those companies taken care of you over the years? And I was just looking at uh, some things on, um, you know, uh, corporations here in, in my local area. And there was a local trucking company that um, has a a new program where they're, they're fleet with their fleet management, where they're making sure that their drivers are in, uh, no more than a two-year-old unit at any given point in time, because, you know, number one, safety equipment's better. New technology is, is better in newer equipment. Um, there's less, less downtime for repairs and that kind of thing. So some of those companies are really doing everything they can to take care of their employees and make sure their employees are maximizing productivity. A lot of that is to keep keep their bottom line, you know, higher, but a lot of it is too, just for employee satisfaction. So I started thinking, you know, what are some of those companies out there, um, that, that many of you have worked for where, uh, you know, people are being taken care of and where people are being treated, uh, as if they're more than just a number or more than just a, a cog in the wheel. And, uh, I'd really like to hear more feedback on that. So for those of you out there that are with an employer that you're extremely happy, 
happy with. They take care of you. They have great benefits packages. They uh, truly care about the health and well-being of their employees, both physically and mentally. Um, fill us in, enlighten us on on what it's like to be a part of those companies, and how do you, um, you know, for those of us on the outside, how do we how do we get our foot in the door with with those uh, in those environments? So, standard protocol podcast at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing your emails. Uh, we'll delve into some of those next week. Uh, but for now, we're up against the time constraints, so we do have to sign off. Uh, that will conclude episode 17 for the week. Uh, again, we appreciate all the love that we've gotten on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Please keep the correspondence coming. We appreciate all of your emails, all of your correspondences, your clicks, your likes, your text messages, your phone calls. Everything is much appreciated. So keep those coming in. And with that, we will see you next week. Take care and be safe out there. 